Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone and the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He's Grant Cone. Grant... NFC Championship game is almost upon us, and here the 49ers are. They worked all year, all offseason to get back to this game, and we're here now. Third in a row, fourth in five years. They, uh, Purdy hasn't won this one yet. He got here last year, got hurt in the first drive. He's got a lot to prove. Purdy mania. This, I can't wait for this game. There's so much at stake for everyone on the team. The whole team, individuals on the team. Feels like there's a lot more at stake for the Niners and the Lions, although doesn't mean the Lions will win, but it feels like it's going to be a good game. Careers are made in the regular season, but everybody knows legacies are written in the playoffs, and that's where we are right now. Uh, I have a hot take on today's show that I want to run past you. We got a little bit of a Debo Samuel update, kind of, sort of, they're going to sneak in, and uh, obviously that's huge for this game because... The Niners offense looks a lot different depending on whether or not 19 is out there. Are you ready for my hot take? Yeah, let me guess what it is. Okay. It's that the Niners are going to beat the Lions by 50. No. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. I went five, two minutes without talking about it. I never actually predicted a 50 point. Oh, I know. Here's my hot take. Yes. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to do this, but he should. The message, if I was Kyle Shanahan, that I would pound home to the team this week every time I talk to the team is, America does not want you to win this game. America is rooting for the Lions. They want the Cinderella story, the David versus Goliath, the Super Bowl they want is Lions-Chiefs, right? Nobody wants to see you win this game. I would pound that over and over and over again. Why are you making a face? What, what's with the face? I mean, that's fine. I guess that could help. A little extra motivation. Is there, has there been a poll? Did, did we poll Americans? Who do you want to win this game? No, Was I there a poll? I'd like to see that. But anyway, sure. Maybe people like an underdog story or something. But I think what Kyle really needs to do is have the right game plan. You know, figure out how to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey 25 times on the ground. If he wants to do some rah-rah stuff and talk about the outside noise. They always talk about how they're, they're not paying attention to the outside noise. That would seem to be paying attention to the outside noise. If, if the lion said something disrespectful, of course, but America not wanting the Niners to win. I don't even know if that's true. Oh, it's a right. You, 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 you have stats in your name. Show me the poll. I need the evidence. 
Listen to everybody talk about the Lions. Oh, it's such a good story. They're every PFF said they're everybody's favorite second team. They haven't been to the playoffs in so long. Dan Campbell is so great. Jared Goff, you know, he's going to get another shot. It's absolutely the 49ers versus the world. Absolutely a thousand percent. Outside of San Francisco, who's rooting for the 49ers? I mean, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of Niner fans across the globe, not just in San Francisco. I think there's it's one of the bigger fan bases in the league. And it, like if the Niners have, let's say, X amount of fans, the 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 Lions have what a one fiftieth of that. They don't exist, Lion fans. Yeah, but this and, is it's just Lions. a. It's just like an obvious David and Goliath type of matchup. And I think casual fans might like to root for an underdog, but I don't think people across America are looking at the Niners like, man, screw that team. It really pisses me off that they're doing well and I need them to lose. Like, nah, I, it, Brock Purdy, people love the Brock Purdy story. I don't know about, you know, Nobody talking knows. heads who need to make points for a living, but average Americans love the Brock Purdy story. So I think both teams, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about this premise. But if Kyle wants to make this about outside noise, that's fine. Oh, I think I they can win one way or another. There are more 49ers fans than Lions fans, of course. But well, there's seven Lions fans. Well, Eight. That's true. Yeah. But everybody else, all the non-Lions or non-49ers fans are rooting for the Lions in this one. Absolutely. Does that upset you? Casuals Does that upset you? Would you like more people to root for the Niners? No, but what I'm saying is I think the Niners should use that as motivation. Because motivation. here's the thing I look at, Grant. Go listen to Dan Campbell's post-game locker room talks and just like what the vibe is with that team. They, to me, have a very 2011 49ers type of vibe where it's like, we've been bad for a really long time. I've been telling you that you're good. I've been telling you you can come out of this thing and you've you've done it. You've had this sort of surprise year. Now, the Niners were a little bit more of a surprise than the Lions are this year, but they have like really good vibes and just like a motivation in that locker room. You go to the 49ers locker room and because they've been here so many times recently, it's almost like a, a lack of joy. It's just like a relief, right? Oh, whew. we didn't, there was no joy in beating the Packers. It was relief. Thank God it's not over. And so I feel like they need a little juice. They need something. And that's the rallying cry that I would give if I was Kyle Shanahan. That and the Brock Purdy hate are the two things I would try and use this week. So people underestimating the quarterback and people disrespecting people rooting for the Lions is, is the motivation you need. How about the motivation to be champions? How about the motivation to cement your legacy as some of the great, one of the greatest teams of all time? One of the things about this team that I respected all year is they talked about their standard. When they would beat teams by 20 points, they'd say, you know, we, we really, it's not really about the opponent. We're just trying to play as well as we possibly can because we know we're special. Like that applies now. Who gives a damn who's rooting for the Lions or who's rooting for who? Like this is another opportunity to show your standard. And you didn't show it last week against the Packers. You'll admit that. Everyone on the Niners was like, yeah, that wasn't our best game on any of the three phases. Like, okay, now's the opportunity. National television, NFC Championship. You've lost two of these in a row. That's the motivation. If you lose it, the motivation is don't lose the NFC Championship game to the Lions. Because regardless of who's rooting for who, if you lose to the Lions, man, now you want to talk about legacies. Kyle, Bosa, all you guys, three in a row, and you lost could i mean god it would be painful so avoid all that is the motivation that should be good enough you're right but that's also old motivation like that's an old message right they've been talking about getting back to this game since they lost against the eagles last year it's hard to keep using that same thing and going to that well over and over and over again you need both right yeah there's of course this is super bowl hanging in the balance clearly but also like Get something new. Get some juice. When this team is motivated, they play totally different. Look how they played against the Cowboys in week five. Look how they played against the Eagles. When they are motivated, they are a different team. So I would use both. I would use all of that this week. But hold on, though. If you're a head coach and you're looking at your team heading into the NFC Championship and you're, th and you're thinking, man, this team needs a spark. This team is just not motivated. That right there is extremely alarming because I don't know that there's, if I were the coach, I don't know if there's anything I could say 
to get my team up for the NFC Championship game if they're not already up for it. It's the NFC Championship game. You guys have never won a Super Bowl. It'd be one thing if this team had won four Super Bowls in a row and it's like, oh, another one of these. Like, that's not who you guys are. This is this is defining. This is def- If you guys lose this game, it defines who you are, all of you. So, yeah, if you want to talk about, like, the, the, the country kind of rooting for that, for your demise, that could be part of the speech. It could be part of the speech. Like, hey, you know Grant Cohn is waiting for you guys to lose so he can rub it in your freaking faces. And not just Grant, but a lot of people like that, right? If you want to say that, that's fine. But I feel like this team is beyond that. They've been here so many times. They're an older team. I think they have their own standard. And I'd like to think that they don't need me and you, or not you, but me and people like me to sort of poke them and prod them and doubt them. Like, you know what the assignment is. You're better than the Lions. Handle business like you almost didn't do last week. Harold McAllister says Niners are going to smack those Hufflepuffers. <laughs> Me and my dad were talking about Jared Goff yesterday. And we said if he, because my dad's rereading all the Harry Potters and we both agreed he'd be in Hufflepuff. We'd have to be in Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffers is a fantastic insult. Like it sounds. It is, right? Than it is. That's really yeah. good. Um, the sorting hat, they put you in Hufflepuff. That's like, man, why you got to do my, I'm, I'm eight. You just killed my self-esteem for life. Why? Hufflepuff, good finders. A Jewish guy says, I think the 49ers would do well to manufacture a chip on their shoulder. They think they have a sixth ring already. See, he's kind of, Jewish guy's kind of with me. Hard Any- to manufacture something that's not really there. I if I were on the team, I'm a jerk. So I'd be like, if Kyle started doing that, I'd be like, Kyle, could I see some, a poll? Do you have a, did, did you, did you, do you have any evidence here? I need evidence before I accept that people don't want us to win. I think a lot of people do. Look at how many people show up to look how many Niner fans show up to road games. There are a ton of Niner fans. Yes, Niner fans. watch our show. If you try to do a Lions show, there'd be seven people watching, maybe. Here's my question to you. Are there more 49ers fans or are there more fans of the 31 other teams? Okay, I see what you mean. So the people who don't have any stake in this are just like rooting against the Niners for the sake of it. Yes. That's cool though. Like, what's wrong with being the Floyd Mayweather of the NFL? You know what I mean? Like when Floyd Mayweather was the top draw in, in boxing 15 years ago, it's not because anyone wanted him to win or liked him watching him fight. It's he, he he was boring to watch fight. He only protected himself. And every time you bought that pay-per-view, you were like, this guy's gonna beat Mayweather. And you watched it to watch him lose. And he never did. And he loved he he took that all the way. I mean, how many hundreds of millions of dollars does he have because he played that role. So, I mean, if you want to be the bad guy, cool. I, I like being the bad guy too. So they can be the bad guy. Maybe that works. Lazy boy sports says, I just watched an interesting video about players avoiding concussion protocol. Debo's shoulder wasn't even hit. I bet he's playing. I mean, I don't think the 49ers would have like faked the whole thing. He was checked for a concussion. So it wasn't like, Oh, they said it was a shoulder to avoid it. He still got checked for the concussion thing. So I don't know. i I think you got to take their word I'm for not it. Commenting on that until I see that interesting video that he's talking about. Oh God, yeah. Oh wow, an interesting video on YouTube. Who could have imagined? James Welsh says, "I live in a small beach town in SoCal. Tons of Niner fans. Non-Niner fans' opinion. Purdy at my local spot. He's been good in that system. Definitely not as good as 49ers fans think. That is another thing, Grant. I mean, fair take. We'll this see. Like a national competition to see which show could say the dumbest thing about Brock Purdy, and the 49ers clearly <laughs> noticed." Brandon Ayuk was defending Brock Purdy on social media. Debo Samuel was defending Brock Purdy. That's another chip that at least Brock can have on his shoulder is, hey, were there back to that? I, I did the thing that everybody said they needed to see me do. I did it without Debo. I did it in the rain. I did it in the playoffs. I drove the team down, got him in position to win the game, and we came back from behind, which is what everybody said I needed to do. And the day after I said it, they said, he wasn't that good. Jordan Love played better. If you're Brock, you got a big chip on your shoulder in this one. Just shut up. Stop responding to the noise. You guys need to stop. Shut up. That's my advice as quality control to the 49ers. Win the Super Bowl. It'll all take care of itself. I don't like how the Niners win a game and then they're like, okay, okay, what's the narrative now? What's the narrative now? Like, it'll take care of itself. You guys aren't champions yet. You could be champions about three weeks. And if you are... It'll all take care of itself. You don't have to clap back every freaking week and address the narrative yourself. You do that on the field. You're doing a great job of that. But they I just, like it. And I think the whole thing to me is what is your goal this year? 
Is it to prove that Brock Purdy's an elite quarterback or to win the Super Bowl? Because those are different things. You could win the Super Bowl without proving that Brock Purdy's an elite quarterback. You could lose the NFC Championship game in a pursuit to prove that Brock's an elite quarterback. So keep the main thing, the main thing, as the coach would say on my channel, win the Super Bowl. If that's if that requires Brock Purdy to manage the game and be modest and conservative, then that's what it is. If it requires him to be, you know, uh, to out, pass Patrick Mahomes in a gunslinging competition, then that's what it is. But th they don't need to prove anything with Brock this weekend. They don't need to do that. That's a, that's a total separate thing. And getting caught up in proving Amy Trask wrong or Nick Wright wrong or me wrong, I think is the wrong thing to do. This should be a Christian McCaffrey game. This one, not a, not a Purdy game. That should be the game plan. I would argue that they did address the narrative on the field. The narrative was that Brock couldn't do all those things. He did it. And I would agree with that. And that should be enough. You did it. Keep it going. Just keep winning. Brother, all, all it takes. Brother Bob, we ain't losing, says maybe they weren't concerned about the Packers. I think it was a combination of the rain and the rust. I think it was a bad combination for the 49ers. And I think as the game went along, Brock Purdy played better. The defense played better. And I'm I'm expecting the 49ers to come out a lot stronger against the Lions than they did against Green Bay. I don't think it was just the rain and the rest, though. Like Debo Debo left the game. And that and yeah. yeah. Kyle, like I think it was clear that Debo was factored heavily into the game plan. Yes. And Kyle kind of didn't know how to pivot when so much had been prepared for a guy for you know someone who's irreplaceable, essentially. You can't just put... I mean, they actually put Jawan Jennings in the in the backfield. That was so clearly a Debo play, and I don't know if Kyle forgot or what happened on that, but yeah, maybe if they know Debo's not going to play or they know Debo's going to play, they'll be a little bit more prepared. But if you, I don't know when you want to talk about it. The, the splits since Debo's been on this team, with him, without him, are crazy. Yeah, crazy. I, I believe with Debo, they average more than seven yards per play. Without him, they're down around five yards per play. I don't have the exact numbers, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's the ballpark. Uh, he's in addition, though, just like win loss record. When they have him, they're fifty three and twenty three. When they don't, they're eight and nine. And when they have him, they're plus eight in turnover differential. When they don't, they're minus eight. So I think he has. Maybe that's all just coincidence, but I think he has a huge impact. It's clear, like, if your quarterbacks, to get the ball to Brandon Ayuk, for example, Purdy can do it, but it's a little dangerous. You got to get the ball down the field. Get the ball to Debo. A lot of times you just throw it behind the line of scrimmage and he makes you look great. So what a, what a confidence booster to the whole offense to have someone who can make, who can do all that stuff. And so much of it, we're going to talk about Debo later. I won't get into it yet. We're going to talk about Debo later. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Kurt Garrett says, has someone asked or could you ask Kyle about the advantages of McCaffrey lining up next to Brock five yards off the line of scrimmage? I don't get it. Yeah, Nick you Hutchinson of 95.7 uh, asked him and Kyle gave kind of like a, I don't have to explain it, answer -y. Like, you know, get a different look from the defense. People don't really, it's like, what? I know JT O'Sullivan hates it because he talks yeah. about it every single video he does. Yeah. Lazy Boy Sports says the video was Julian Edelman and former players. I know Edelman has talked about that before. With Ooh, interesting. I'd love to watch that. Because I'm always curious about that uh, concussion protocol. Like, what it, what exactly? How how tough is it? How strict is it? I have no idea. Uh, who is Sparta? Jay Sway says for us to get number six, I think Purdy has to throw more checkdowns to CMC. That's an easy six yards of play. Who cares what people say? Purdy himself gave a very interesting quote after the game. He said he was struggling early because he wasn't taking the checkdowns, or he if he wasn't taking it, he was just missing the checkdowns. And that's the thing that we have complimented about Brock Purdy, right? He takes doubles over singles. That's the thing that he has done better than Jimmy Garoppolo is move the ball down the field. And I think defenses have finally realized that too. Hey, he doesn't take checkdowns that are open. We have to concern ourselves more with the intermediate plays. And now I think Brock has to make the adjustment of not forcing stuff to just be willing to settle for the checkdowns. Yeah, but I think what was a little bit alarming about this, maybe it was just the rain, was when he says he missed the checkdowns. Like, he literally airmailed some checkdown throws in this game that he normally would hit. Like, he was way off on some of these checkdowns. I don't know if what he misses and didn't see him or didn't hit them accurately, but that was part of the problem in this game. And that was, maybe that was the ring. He was, yeah, he was that, he dirted a couple too, which Jordan yep. Love did too. It is well, yep. Matthew Sanders says, if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, the establishment is going to be ticked. Um, I don't think, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> The Niners are counterculture over here in Silicon Valley. Like what? You'll hear a lot of 
you'll probably hear a lot of Nick Foles, Trent Dilfer talk if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, whatever. At like 24? No, 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 no. If he wins the Super Bowl at 24, he's in a class with freaking Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Like, nah, no. His legacy is, his resume is going to be pristine. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. It would look pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. John Mathis, thank you for the donation, says, listen, Kyle, here's the game plan if 19 don't play. Use Ray Ray to motion screens, Christian McCaffrey slot, Jennings and Ayuk wide out, Mason backfield running back. Finally, Brock, use your legs, buddy. Become Lamar, LOL, please. There is no universe where Brock Purdy is going to morph into Lamar Jackson. They even Kyle was so desperate to find something that worked against Green Bay called a zone read. Freaking Brock Purdy for the first time all year. Like, dude, come on. It would have worked, but the Niners missed every block on that play. Well, they don't, they've never run that play this year. Why do you wait until now to run that play? I try that in week four. See how it goes. Jewish guy. If Debo doesn't play, McCaffrey should play the Debo role and Mitchell Mason should play running back. See, I don't think that you can just plug in somebody else to Debo and run the same plays. And I think that's where Kyle got into a little bit of trouble last week. Like, you can't just throw Jennings in there and be like, okay, we're good. Like, no, I, I do think that if you're Kyle, you have to have two game plans, a Debo game plan and a non-Debo game plan. You have to prepare for that because let's say he does play, Grant. There's no guarantee he's going to finish the game. He may be able to only go for a quarter or two or three. Or he plays, finishes the game, but he's not Debo at all. Right. He can't run through tackles. He's injured. He's out there taking one for the team, being tough, but essentially being a decoy and running around in motion trying to draw eyes, being eye candy and all that stuff, but not getting the ball very much. I mean, that's possible too. Brother Bob says stats. I was referring to you not being concerned. Yeah. Grant was trolling me last week. I'm I sorry. I was in, a, it was, it was stuff I was going through. It had nothing to do with Rob. I love Rob. Look <laughs> at that face. Uh, okay. Gold rush says, if you said gold rush says, why do you ask Brock Purdy for his response? Every time someone insults him, if you don't want Brock to respond to what people are saying about him, I don't. I don't. That's Larry. Larry's the guy who's like, hey, uh, this week, the Eagles said that you, the Eagles fans, Eagles content creators, I love Larry, that, that you're the weakest link on the Niners. How do you feel about that? That was Larry. I didn't ask that. That's true. He did ask that question. And Larry's his guy. So, I mean, you know. Flav. What up, Flav? Says, unless you have an all-time great defense, you need well, to I lead your quarterback to win a Super Bowl. We tried to win one just handing it off. It doesn't work. You have to let Brock cook. And if you lose, then you lose. You can't hide your quarterback. I agree with that. Like the 49ers have tried that. They tried it with Jimmy Garoppolo. It worked in the NFC Championship game in 2019. But I don't think you can win a Super Bowl hiding your quarterback. I really don't. And I don't think the 49ers need to hide Brock Purdy. I don't. I mean, maybe theoretically. But in practice, the Niners lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs because they didn't hand off enough. That's what happened. And to beat the Lions in the NFC Championship, they don't need Brock to freaking cook, Flav. They need McCaffrey to freaking cook. I feel very strongly about that. I, Nothing against Brock, but if he throws 25 passes in this game, that could be more than enough. I think the 49ers lost the Super Bowl because the defense couldn't make a stop and Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't complete one pass on the last two drives. Yeah, okay, sure. There's a lot of reasons in football, but it's not like the Chiefs ever stopped the run. And we've had people, I mean, Traverius Ward said it, Teron Matthews said it, couldn't stop the run. Really hoped that the Niners would stop running the ball, and fortunately they did. Those guys have all said that. The one thing I want to see from Kyle, and he, he apparently told the broadcast crew last week, although I don't feel like he did it in the game, is don't let the defense dictate to you what to do like for right. example i think sometimes like the defense will come out with five defensive linemen or, or five six line and yep. kyle i think looks at it like well why am i going to bash my head against the wall when them doing that exposes them in other areas and i'll take advantage of that and i get right. that, but i don't think he recognizes the value enough of just pound it do it anyway Pound it in the first quarter, pound it in the second quarter so that in the third and fourth quarter, the other team is tired and then you can gash them. Because what Kyle doesn't realize is like the other team has made this calculation. They know what you're going to do, Kyle. They put six on the, on the line because they know you're not going to run into that front. They want you to make the adjustment to go to drop back passing because they know that's not the identity of your offense. It's not the strongest part of your playbook. It's not the, it's not what your offensive line does. Well, it's not what you do. It's not what you want to do. So now all of a sudden they got you playing left-handed, so to speak on offense. That's a win, especially 
if they're the seven seed and you're the one seed, you got to do something to equalize this because you're objectively better than them. So what they do is they come out in this front that leaves them vulnerable in a way. And you're like, cool, I will abandon my identity to attack you in a way that I don't normally do. And now you have execution errors on your part and you're beating yourself because you don't just stick with your strengths. And one thing I love about Harbaugh as a coach, you never make that mistake. He's very macho as well, a coach. Yeah. He's like, nah, 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 nah. This is what we freaking do. Stop it. And Kyle can be a little too much like, okay, so you expect this and I'm going to do, you expect this. And, I'm gonna, and then and boom, I got you in 4D chess. Like, nah, you don't need to do that. Well, I will say one of the things I loved is on the go-ahead touchdown, the Packers have everybody at the line of scrimmage. The Packers loaded up and Kyle mm-hmm. was like, nope, we're going to run it anyway. And they did. And he was basically on top. I mean, he broke one tackle and he was in the end zone. So that's the thing about loading, like loading the box. If, make a guy miss, there's no one at the next level. Just trust Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's the best running back in the league. He's at his absolute peak. He wants to bring you the sixth Lombardi trophy. He can bring you the... Let him do it. Let him do it. Get out of his way. I said earlier this week with Vish, I think with Vish or with somebody, they all blur together now. He's never had a bad game with the 49ers. We've never said Christian McCaffrey really had a dime. Could every... He's absurd. Get out of his way. You were giving this guy 24, 25 carries a game in September. Now is the time. There's if you win the game, if you lose the game, there's no week, there's no game the next week. If you win the game, there's no game the next week. Give him 30 carries. Now the Lions have a great run defense. They do. Um, but I still think you they haven't faced McCaffrey yet, though. Literally, I just watched Dan Campbell's press conference. It started 15 minutes before we went on the air. And the first thing he said was, How do you stop the 49ers? Stop the run game. Make them one-dimensional. So, like clearly Detroit. That's where their focus is. They want the 49ers to pass. And you can pass. It's the best thing you can do. It doesn't necessarily stop the Niners, but it takes them out of their identity. And I'll use the, I'll say it again. It kind of makes them left-handed. Like, okay, you can do this, but it's not really the way you want to operate. And you see how they do. They'll get in the shotgun. They'll go under center, do straight drop back stuff. No play action, no run. That's not them. And that's, that's the best you can really do against a team that's that loaded on offense. Make them do what they don't really want to do. Kevin Crittenden says Kyle is not a good improviser. A genius composer is not usually also a standout jazz improviser. Love the show. Genius composer. I could see that. I could see that. It's an interesting comparison. Um, I his think, game plans are terrific. I mean, his opening scripts are usually terrific. Put it that way. I think what you saw in the Packers game was it did take them a, a while to adjust. And eventually what they went back to, according to Brock, was just like the, their kind of staple basic plays like hey these are these are what's going to work for us and ultimately they did on the final possession yeah i i think you should be that kyle needs to get out of the way a little bit man you're you're an excellent coach and you can you can be the catalyst for victories a lot of the times but you've put together this great roster you don't have to be you don't have to do too much kind of get out of the way even if you don't have debo samuel this week you have more than enough man a lot of coaches would love to have mccaffrey Ayuk, and kittle and jennings so this is a great opportunity for you to keep it simple and win a game. You don't have to prove yourself as a genius, clever coach. You've already done that. What you need to do is win the whole thing. And if you find a way to do that, you'll be a made man in the NFL forever. Forever. Yeah. You ascribe that to Kyle a lot, how if he's passing the ball, because he wants to prove himself. I don't necessarily agree. I think he's passing the ball because he thinks that's the best way to win. I don't put any more on it than that. I don't think he's like, well, now I'll show him. Because I think he already thinks all that stuff about himself. So he doesn't need to. Like, so I, I don't think that just because Kyle passes the ball, it's because he's trying to prove something to everybody else. Maybe. I feel like a lot of times with coaches, um, coaches who get pass happy, it's because they're trying to bring a little attention to themselves. No one really gives coaches credit when teams have success running the ball. It's usually the offensive line and the running back. Usually don't get here. People get called geniuses when they run for 150. But again, I'm not saying that that's Kyle's motivation. I think against the Packers, he f- he played right into their hands. They know him, and they know if you put six on the line, they'll they'll pivot to drop back passing, which is what the Packers wanted them to do. So, what if the Lions do the same thing? I don't, maybe they won't. The Lions don't know the Niners like Lafleur does. Maybe they won't. We'll see. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Who is Sparta? Jay Sway's back says, Love went six for 12 for 30 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, and two and a half yards per pass after his last touchdown. Yeah. And stepped up and found their stride. Hopefully it carries over. I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of hemming and hawing about defense. But again, they've only allowed 30 or more points twice this entire year. And I feel like other teams score in games early and we get nervous. And then the defense kind of figures it out. And again, against the Packers, the defense did figure it out. And they only scored 21 points. And Jordan Love threw for less than 200 yards. Did they figure it out, though? I mean, Jordan Love melted down and choked. Aaron Jones had, it felt like a game-winning run late in the game, and then they went away from him. I don't I don't really know what the Packers did down the stretch, but I look at Jordan Love a lot differently. Last week, I was talking about him like he was C.J. Stroud or a top-five quarterback, but now, I mean, he's got, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for a close playoff game. Like, he melted down. And Purdy didn't. Purdy had the opposite game. Purdy played poorly for most of the game and then came through. Love played well for most of the game and then completely fell apart, which makes you look at him like, I don't know, man. I mean, are you Dak Prescott? Like, who are you? So I, I, I think I like Purdy more than Love, even though Love has all these physical capabilities. Like, that was alarming what he did. Freaking which, alarming. Because I think there's an element of, like, you get to a point in the game when you're the seven-seeded Packers. Or, hell, maybe this year with the Lions, maybe Sunday, mm. where you get to it like, wait, it's here. It's real now. Like, we might yeah. actually do this. All of a yeah. sudden, the Super Bowl is on the line. And you're like, oh, my God, I better not screw it up. That could be a factor on Sunday. Whereas with all the Niners, I mean, like we said, third straight NFC Championship game, fourth and five yeah. years. This is nothing new for them. No, they, they seem like they're fine. I mean, Purdy does have a bit of an issue. Like, he wasn't great against the Packers. He wasn't great against the Cowboys in the playoffs. He got hurt against the Eagles. So he does have, he's had some interceptions dropped. That's the biggest difference between him and Jimmy in the playoffs so far. But so we don't really know how he's going to respond under pressure in the NFC championship game. But we do know he was a whole lot better than Jordan Love. Uh, Jared Goff is different. Jared Goff is a vet who's been to the Super Bowl. So this is just not, it isn't his first NFC championship game. It makes it kind of an interesting matchup. I mean, I think this is going to be a hell of a game. I could see the Niners winning by double digits, but I could see this kind of being tight like the last one was. I'm kind of hoping it is. I like close games. Lazy boys here on there. Why not let Mitchell play RB1 and move Christian McCaffrey to wide receiver? Again, I, today. Yeah. Again do you really want to just abandon what you've been doing all year and have some specialty gadget offense that you're going to live and die with in the NFC Championship game? I mean, if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't work, you look like a freaking idiot for moving Christian McCaffrey to wide receiver for one game. It's like, I'm just saying, I wouldn't do it. I would just hand the ball to Christian. You won the cha- You won the NFC Championship handing the ball to Raheem Mostert like 28 times. Like, it worked. I agree. You with you. Shot. He's better than Mostert. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's better than Mostert. Mostert's great. Love Mostert. He should have been a second-team All-Pro, but McCaffrey's better. City Burt, how do you think the Niners will counter Campbell going forward on every fourth and short in midfield? If they convert all those, the Lions can win. That's my biggest worry about the game, especially with the way Kyle butchered the sequence before halftime against the Packers. Yeah. Dan Campbell knows how to manage the game, and Kyle Shanahan just doesn't. And Campbell's mm-hmm. going to be aggressive when he needs to be aggressive. He's going to steal possessions, and, and he's going to steal uh, just time on the field for that offense because he's going to be aggressive on fourth down. And the Niners, for the most part this year, have not been good in third and fourth and short. Look, 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 look. 
we all agree the Niners are significantly better than the Lions. They're seven-point favorites. To me, this is just like the Packers game. Only way the Niners lose this game, not to make it all about one person, but if Brock throws a pick, if he throws a pick, they could lose this game. If he plays it safe and the Niners don't turn the ball over, they'll win. That's it. They're 2-4 and four when he throws a pick, and they're 11-0 and 0 when he doesn't throw one. They're better than everyone else. That's the equalizer. And I'm not trying to make it like Brock's very good, but that's the, that's the thing about playing quarterback. You have every opportunity to lose the game single-handedly on every play. So as, as long as he doesn't do that, whether he's cautious or lucky, whatever it is, the Niners are going to win this game. For what it's worth, Jared Goff has played the Niners nine times. He has seven interceptions in those games. Not saying it's going to... His be- numbers on the road, his numbers outdoors this year are not good either. So again, just don't beat yourselves. You're better than the Lions. Yeah, Goff, uh, I saw this nugget. Sunday's game against the Niners will be just the Lions' second time in the past 13 games not playing in a dome. Now, the <laughs> weather is not supposed to be... A, it should be fine, but... And he is from Marin. Yeah, uh, we've heard that a thousand times. I'm just saying, it's he's from here. He, he, he played at Berkeley. He shouldn't be... But then again, Purdy played at Iowa, and he can't throw with a wet ball either, so I, I don't understand these things anymore. James Welsh says, best deep ball I ever saw Jimmy throw was halftime of this, uh, before the end of the first half in the Super Bowl on the sideline to Kittle. It was called back for offensive pass interference. I remember Jimmy that. It's a hell of a throw. I wouldn't call it the best deep ball I've ever seen. I saw Josh from, Allen. From Jimmy. From Jimmy. Uh, from Jimmy, yes. From Jimmy, yeah. Real quick, uh, Jared Goff outdoors this year. Yes. Three and two, 195 pass attempts, 63% completion, five touchdowns, four picks, 82 quarterback rating. Five games outdoors, five touchdowns, four picks. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but that bodes well for the 49ers right there. It sure as shit ain't sad, I'll tell you that. The thing about the Lions, though, is that they're very committed to running the ball, as committed as the Niners. So if the Niners aren't can't stop Montgomery and Gibbs, it's not really going to matter. That's true. Brother Bob says, we play Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I'm going so I won't see T.S. on TV. T.S.? Oh, T.S., Taylor Swift, yeah. Oh, Oh, I, I don't want two weeks of that talk. Like, please, Baltimore. I, I think I would rather play Kansas City in the Super Bowl, but, man, I do not want two weeks. Oh, I just realized, yeah, if the Chiefs are in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, then, like, Super Bowl week, every question is going to be about Taylor Swift. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khaled, Khaled Rice says, if Debo play, if Debo doesn't play, Kyle needs to plug and play. A lot of people seem to, to want to keep the Debo kind of offense without Debo there. Yeah. No. If you told me it would work, I'd be all for it. But I don't. I just don't think you, it's going to have the same effect. Yeah, um, Ray Ray in motion. <laughs> Kyle, Sorry, he joked about that. How uh, remember? Because Ray Ray broke that long touchdown run against Washington, and Kyle was like, "Yeah, for once we ran that play, and the whole defense didn't shift that way because it wasn't Debo Samuel." Right. Uh, but I don't think it. I don't think it would. They work. might need to draft another player who's sort of like Debo. I mean, if he's that important to your offense. You might want to, I mean, I'm not saying you can just find the next Debo, but if you, you might want to look, Shout might want to look to have, yeah. To everybody watching, by the way, there's more than 1,100 people watching right now, which is awesome. Please like and subscribe to both channels, the Gold Standard YouTube channel, the Grant Cohen YouTube channel. Uh, if you're new to the Gold Standard channel, thank you. We appreciate it. We're live every single weekday here. We do a 49ers and 5 update. That's like a five-minute news update with everything you need to know that's going on with the team. So, like I said, please like and subscribe. James JJ says, can't wait it to hear what passive-aggressive language Amy Trask and company have to say Sunday night. Stuck with Himmy, I'd be mad too. First of all, I will have no Amy Trask slander allowed. I love Amy Trask. She's awesome. She said Brock Purdy is a good player. She said she didn't think he was as good as the other quarterbacks in the draft, like in the playoffs. She's going to take him out to ice cream in Vegas. She's a very sweet white lady. That is it's not worse. like the worst. People got to yeah. stop acting like if we don't make Brock Purdy the best quarterback in the NFL, that people have done and said horrible things to him. That's just not. It's not the case. Yeah, it's just sports talk, guys. No one takes it. No one takes it that personally. It shouldn't. Matthew Sanders Wilkes waited until fourth to blitz, and Love got shook. I mean, what he did on that, for a lot of reasons. That last throw in that game was so dumb. It was galactically stupid. He's rolling right. <laughs> He's throwing across his body late over the middle. And I kept saying this. I said it on Saturday night. If Greenlaw doesn't pick it off, Warner's going. Yeah. To, he's Fred's right behind him. And, and Drake, I don't know what he was trying to do. But once he did that, I feel like I kind of wrote off Jordan Love for life. I'm like, nah, 
I'm sorry. If that's what your brain told you to do in the most important moment of your life, I don't think I can ever trust you again, man. Good player. But whoa, whoa, what was I've never that was terrible. That was the one of the most among the most egregious ways to lose a playoff game I've ever seen. Like you had time and timeouts and you only had to kick a field goal. First down. You can't ever throw that pass ever. What? His last throw of the season, he just has to sit with that for months and months. Throw it away. Run out of bounds. Anything. That, I, I, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand that. Jay Smooth, how confident are you this week's stats? Ha ha. Look, I said it last week. I have two settings for playoff games. Wildly overconfident and horribly anxious. Well, now I'm horribly anxious for the rest of the playoff run. That is where I am. My Why? Because Debo's uncertain and the Niners kind of struggled last week and the Lions are better. Dave says, yeah. what's up, gentlemen? I'm a little nervous. Here's the thing, Grant, and I want to ask you this, and I, I feel like you're going to jump all over this. For weeks now, what has what have we heard the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan say after games? You know, even when they won, it was, we haven't played our best yet. You know, we didn't play our best today. Right. We got a lot of things cleaned up. Out there. If you're not, what are you waiting for? Like, we haven't seen their best since, what, the Eagles game, probably. It's been a long time since we have seen this team play their best. And that has to fall on the feet of players. It has to fall on the feet of Kyle Shanahan. When is the last time we saw the 49ers at their best? There's been too many games lately where they, that's what they've said. It wasn't our best. And I get it. You have to win your clunkers. But now is the time for your best game. No more holding back. Like you have to be at your best for two more games. You got to muster the courage. So it does go to Kyle Shanahan. That's why I'm talking about trying to motivate this team, because I think you need to pull out any card that you have. If you're Kyle Shanahan to get the best version of the 49ers on the field, because if you do, they will not lose to anybody, but we just haven't seen that in a really long time. You're right, man. I mean, it's a lot like what happened after the Cowboys game. They won 42 to 10 over the Cowboys, lost three in a row, regrouped in the bye week, came out, eviscerated Jacksonville, beat Tampa, eviscerated Seattle, eviscerated the Eagles. And that Eagles game, 42 to 19, again, it felt like they took a deep breath. Like, okay, we've everyone agrees we're the best team in the league. We've proven ourselves. And since then, you know, they beat Seattle by 12. They could have done better. They gave up 29 to the Cardinals. They lost to the Ravens by 14. They beat the commanders like yeah, yeah i'm with you like they really haven't played their best in almost two months and that's kind of alarming like are you saving energy or did you guys sort of let down because now's the time 100 percent. i absolutely agree crazy rod 16 niner should win this game good weather kyle shanahan isn't playing against his friend or known enemy he could game plan with or without Debo this time. Yeah, that's what I said, too. Knowing that Debo won't be able to go ahead of time is a lot different than losing him in the middle of the game. So I do think the 49ers offense, even without Debo this week, would look better than they did once Debo left the Packers game. Let me say something real quick. We've talked about Debo at length in the show. We talk about Brock at length every show. Kyle, I think it's funny that we never talk about Nick Bosa. He's the highest paid player on the team. He's supposed to be the best player on the team. And if the Niners are going to beat the Lions, to me, he's going to be a big reason why. I don't see the Niners beating the Lions and him having one of these silent, was he there games. He needs to be a factor. He hasn't been a factor in a playoff game in like two years. Like a, a Bosa factor, a $34 million a year factor. That needs to end right now. And no one talks about it with Bosa. Everyone's like, eh. He got some pressures. He was good against the run. Like, no, 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 no. Bosa, you need to step up right now. Like, it's not just all on Brock. How about you, Nick? I is that agree. fair to say? Or, or is, is, he, is, he, is he just sterling for life because of what he did in the past? The defensive line as a whole, and Nick Bosa especially because he's the highest paid player and yeah. the leader and all that, they need yeah. to be better. We can't have another one of these no sack games. Like yeah. I know he had five quarterback hits and that's awesome. And that, that doesn't mean that he's not doing anything, but you are getting paid for sacks. Like that is the reality of yeah. it. Sacks and possessions. They end drives. They stop yeah. momentum. They potentially push teams out of scoring range. Football at its basis level is a fight for territory. And a sack is a win in territory for the defense. And he got paid what he got paid. Cause he, recorded like freaking 33 sacks in two years. That's why it was. 
That's what it was. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, he's getting pressure. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the Nick Bosa I know. What's going on? Now's the time, Nick. If you have two sacks in this game, no one will care what you did the rest of the year. This is it. Chase Young is getting paid for pressures. Nick Bosa is getting paid for sacks. And I know it's a high bar. I realize that. And I know yeah. the sacks aren't the end-all, be-all. But they do matter. They just do. Uh, Joshua Wyatt, YouTube channel member. Shout out to you, Josh, and all our YouTube channel members. Please and thank you. Become a YouTube channel member. It's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. Uh, it's a great way to support the channel if you're feeling generous. Josh says, the more I think about it, the fact that Kyle didn't take the ball out of Brock's hands after the near pick like he would have with Jimmy is a very good sign. I think it's clear at this point that he trusts Brock more than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, th I don't think that anyone can dispute that. Do you? Um, I would think that's true, but also I want to look real quick. How many passes did Jimmy throw against the Vikings? Oof. He threw some <laughs> 19. Holy goodness. Uh, and then he threw eight against Green Bay. I'm curious to see how many passes Purdy throws against the Lions with a full week of Kyle being anxious to put like game plan it with, with the Purdy's recent performance in the back of his head. I'm curious to see if that confidence carries over to this week, but it might. 69ers says, can you question Chase Young's effort in the next PC? In the next PC. I don't understand. Sure, I'll talk to Steve Wilkes about Chase and say, oh. why is he not try hard? No, I'll try to find a more diplomatic way to talk about it. Yeah, this would be a tricky question. Uh, Crazy Rod 16 is back. If Purdy threw a pick and then put in the Jimmy G game plan, run the ball all day. Um, uh, if it's working, I'm sure Kyle will do it. Like if they come out and McCaffrey's gashing him for like five and a half yards per carry, I'm sure he'll keep doing it. Um, the yeah. question is, will, will Kyle change the game plan if the run isn't working right uh hot fat guy club says soft insecure little babies mad about taylor swift i'm not thank you hot fat guy club okay the record. i love taylor swift and i thought that the idea that travis kelsey was somehow distracted by taylor swift was unfair to taylor swift if anything travis kelsey's distracting her she's the more famous one she's the more successful one by a wide 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 margin I just in myself in particular, don't care about relationships that players have off the field. I don't care who they're dating. I don't care who they're married to. I don't care anything about that. So that's why I don't want to see that for two weeks. It's not because I have anything against Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. She's fantastic. But I just don't care about players' personal lives. Top five Taylor Swift songs, favorite songs. Uh, I don't know. There I don't you know. Go. Like Fair enough. I, didn't, I just want to know if you were like a Swifty or something. No, I'm not a hardcore Swifty, but like, like you like Taylor Swift the way that Hansel and Zoolander likes Sting. Like you don't really listen to her music, but she's making it, and you respect that. <laughs> That's an all time. That's a deep cut by you. Well done. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Mad Gamer forty one twenty seven says Xavier Leggett from South Carolina is the closest wide receiver to Debo in the draft. South Carolina. Look, I think we'd all love it if the 49ers found another Debo. The problem is there are 31 other teams that are also looking for another Debo. Obviously. Just someone that you could put in motion before the snap who's actually a threat. Like someone better than Ray Ray McLeod. That's what you're looking for. Yes. Because that's what that's why they brought in Ray Ray. Not just to return punts, but as someone who could sort of be that backup gadget guy on the offense. And they could do better. I think so, too. And you might be able to find that guy later in the draft, yeah. too. Somebody that's yeah. not necessarily a polished wide receiver, but has athletic... Jalen Hurd, that's Jalen mm -hmm. Hurd. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Both you can find that. Says Kyle Shanahan, game plan for IU, Christian McCaffrey, Debo, and Kittle. Spread it. I agree. I don't want to see any targets for six, okay? Who ran the wrong route on the second to last drive of the game? Oh, Ray Ray McLeod and Brock mother effed him on the field for it. Did you see that? Well, yeah, sure. And let that be a lesson to you, Brock, to not throw to Ray Ray anymore. Sorry. Uh, and Kittle said, by the way, on the McAfee show yesterday, that basically once he saw Brock go nuts at, at Ray Ray, he was like, oh, Brock's going to lock in now. And then on the last drive, Brock would have been perfect if George Kittle didn't drop the pass. See, that's why Ray Ray is the real MVP of the game, because he <laughs> uh, enabled Brock to lock in. Jazz Ray Ray thought that through. He's like, I know Brock. He needs me to be the, 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 the you know, the GOAT. So I'll, I'll do it. Right. That's Instead team, of that's teammate. Instead of catching this ball and potentially getting us in position to score the game-winning touchdown, I'll drop it so that we have one more drive, and then we're really good. <laughs> exactly. Tessa Mark says, super excited for Sunday, but sad it's almost over. 
I'm confident the Niners will get the W. Just hope they perform better. I almost died watching that game Saturday. Love you guys' channels. Thanks for the great content. Thank I you. I agree. Like, I am sad that at most there's only two more games left in the season. This has been Me incredible too. to watch this year. I can't stand Februarys. There's just nothing to do. So I'm really enjoying this. Keep it going, Niners. Lazy Boy Sports has become a YouTube channel member. Thank you very much, Lazy Boy. He's good. He called into my uh, cone phone this weekend. He's good. I like him. Always like somebody else in the family. Harold McAllister says, stats, what do we do about Ambry? Huh. I don't know what you do about Ambry. Ride with him, man. There's no one better. What the hell happened? Like, he was a key part of their game. Getting, yeah, I think he did too. I mean, he panicked. He, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I, I've never was sold on Ambry Thomas having like some awakening. I just felt he had a couple good games on a, on a good team and against in freaking October. Like, let's see how he does when it really matters. And he's a clear weakness. Like, when, when, that's the thing in, in the regular season. I feel like teams' game plans kind of stink. They're trying to do what they do. They're trying to establish their culture. But in the playoffs, no, no, no. Like, those game plans are A1, and they know every team's weakness, even if they haven't played them before, and they're going after you. And that's, I mean, Ambry's on the, if there's a, Niners' biggest weaknesses, he's, he's right there. Because it's like, it's not that his coverage is bad. It's like, he doesn't even trust himself. He's nervous, it looks when like. Wall is in the air, he panics. Panics. He 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 loses track of where the receiver is. He's got his arms out. He's bumping into people like a drunken sailor. It's so if it's third and twenty-five, just throw it. Throw just it. Throw it deep, and you might get a fifty-yard penalty. Like honestly, you need to do that once or twice a game until Ambry Thomas shows that he's not a liability. I yeah, I don't feel confident with him when the ball is in the air. Somebody, I think, like two of the best plays you can do against the Niners defense: quarterback scramble, throw deep at Ambry. <laughs> Those are two things you need to be doing multiple times a game until the Niners prove that they can stop it. I don't have confidence in Ambry Thomas with the ball in the air. I do have confidence in Jair Brown with the ball in the air because I've yeah. seen him make plays on it, but apparently Kyle is benching him. I, I don't have confidence with Logan Ryan to do anything. No offense, Logan. Sorry, had a great career, but it's time for Jair Brown to play. There's a reason Logan Ryan was available. And by the way, who totally whiffed on the huge Aaron Jones 53 yard? Logan Ryan. Yeah. That could have cost the 49ers the season. And Logan Ryan just completely biffs it. Did you think the game was over on that play? Yes. I was. I mean, that was like the Niners. It felt like the, if that was a, a boxing match, like they got knocked down on that play. Like they took, they had to take a standing eight count on and that play. What really concerned me was after that, remember the play after that, the Packers hand off on like a little uh, pitch and the guy goes around the right corner and hurdles the Niners defender for a first. Yeah. Play. I was like, oh, they they're wobbling like this. They're going down, but you yeah. know what? They stiffened up. They held the Packers. Gave up no points. Man, man. Oh man. Chelsea this close, man. They won by this much. Yep. Chelsea Bailey says, I want to see Greenlaw behind Trent just once. Survivor 46 is here. And so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I don't understand. Not as a running back, isn't it funny when the Niners have these like really close nail biter wins? Greenlaw's the one that puts the nail in the coffin. It's amazing, man. He doesn't have any career career accolades. He needs to be in the 49ers like Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor or something. He needs to get like local recognition because people who know understand that none of this would be possible without him. A thousand percent. He's yeah. A tackler. He's yeah. There. He provides a physical presence on defense. He's probably their most physical defender. He's a thousand percent. He is like as crucial to the defense as Debo is to the offense. And he's just 
clutch in an uncanny way. Like he has these moments on his resume that other people, how do you have multiple moments where you bail out of the, your team in like a week eight, 17 or a playoff game? Multiple. Who the hell are you at linebacker? Who tackled the Seahawks at the one yard line when the Niners got the number one seed in 2019? Greenlaw. Green like he's the guy that like when you're, when you're an older man, like your grandpa and you're telling your kids, your grandkids about the Niners from your generation, people asking you about all the stars. You're like, look, 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 you got to hear about this guy, Dre Greenlaw. You may not know about Dre Greenlaw, but real connoisseurs understand that none of this would have happened without him. And he provided X, Y, Z. Like remember, he's magical. Remember earlier that year against the Seahawks, by the way, when Seattle's driving down to get the game winning score, Dre Greenlaw intercepts Russell Wilson and returns it basically back to field goal range. Now the Niners missed yeah. the field goal and lost that game, but it wasn't Dre Greenlaw's fault. You know how people say like Purdy doesn't get credit because of where he was drafted. I think that's kind of the same thing with Dre. Remember the Niners wanted that player to be Reuben Foster. If right. Reuben Foster had the career that Dre Greenlaw was having the exact same career, the exact same numbers, people would talk about him all the time. He'd be all pro. He'd be famous, but He's not Reuben Foster. He's not Quan Alexander. He's the guy that does the job that they couldn't do as well. And no one cares when he's great at it. I don't understand that. You have never said anything on this show that I agree with more than that. I that you is, did it. Yes, that is absolutely it. It was years, but we found something we agreed on. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. More than 1,300 people watching now. This is awesome. Hell yeah, baby. Please subscribe to both channels. Like and subscribe. Gold Standard Network channel and Grant Cohen's channel. I'm trying yeah. to get to 10,000 subs, Grant. I'm so close. We're at, I think we're hovering around 9,000, a little less than that. I want to get to hey, 10. If they win the Super Bowl, you're going to get it, baby. Do you understand how many new Niner fans there will be if they win the Super Bowl? What's new fans. 69ers says you're one game away from the Super Bowl. Try harder, D-line. They got to have it. Yeah, Chase. Now's the time, man. Chase is your name. <laughs> Come on. Josh Wyatt, YouTube channel member, says second half Green Bay is better than Detroit. At least that's what you said last week. But now that they took the one seed to the limit, Detroit is way better. I assume he's talking to you. Okay, hold on. Second half Green Bay is better than Detroit. At least that's what you said last week. But now that they took the one seed to the limit, Detroit is way better. Hey, man, I reserve the right to change my opinion. I don't know these NFC North teams that well. I was very impressed with Green Bay. They had won seven of their last 10, but they're also a, the youngest team in the league, and they played like it down the stretch in an important playoff game. Yep. I don't know that Detroit's better than Green Bay because they lost to Green Bay on Thanksgiving, as we all know, but I don't think they're going to just totally melt down with the final 20 minutes. They might lose by 15, though. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It's so weird that we could go into these games if I were like, and you could, with the 49ers, you could be like, yeah, I could easily see them winning by three scores. And that wouldn't stun any of us. No. Also, we could see them losing. <laughs> like, how can both of those things be true? Because that's been who they've been this year. Yeah. When they're on it, they destroy you. But as you pointed out, they really haven't been on it, on it to the level that they can be in almost two months. It's and it's like, what is going on? What are we waiting for here? This is it. Now you guys are a veteran team. You know it's at stake. This is it. Come on. Jose Ayala says, think Kyle is also playing 40 chess, not opening the Super Bowl playbook and doing the most vanilla scheme with a little bit of sprinkles in it until February. No. It's kind of uh, it's a scary thing to do in the playoffs. Hey, guys, we're not going to put our best foot forward today on purpose. Right. Let's do it. Sure, we're losing late in the fourth quarter, but I'm not going to call plays I know will work because I'm saving them for two weeks from now. <laughs> we're approaching this like a preseason game, essentially. The Pirate Silver. Why are we upset with Brock's performance when Patty Mahomes won the Super Bowl MVP with borderline worst performance against the Niners when he was 24? No one's upset with Brock. No one's upset with Brock. Niners no fans. Upset with Brock. No one's upset with Brock. <laughs> Brock's doing a good job. Brock just won another playoff game. He won in a way he hadn't won before. He had a come from behind win. He could have played better. He'd, he'd be the first one to tell you that. No one's upset with Brock. He's still alive. He's 24. He could be one of the youngest quarterbacks ever to win a Super Bowl. No one's upset with Brock. He's doing great. Mark We're pulling for you, baby. Come on, Brock. Mark Metz We're is pulling for you, baby. Colton McKivitz versus Aiden Hutchinson is going to be scary. Yeah, terrifyingly scary. Uh, JT O'Sullivan did a good job of pointing this out on his review. A lot of the passes where we're like, oh, Brock was off and it was a wet ball are because linemen are getting shoved into his lap as he's throwing the ball. I'm looking right at you, 68. 
And that's the that's a big difference between the Niners and the Lions. The Lions have Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow. Like they just don't mess around at that position. And the Niners absolutely do mess around at that position. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Brock's done a great job moving around, buying time, but Goff doesn't have to, doesn't have the ability, but doesn't have to. It's nice. And that's the thing, man. Look, look, look. When when the Niners played the Vikings this year, I'm sure both of us thought the Niners would win easily. Yep. Why? Because Kirk's a statue and the Niners have a pass rush and it's over. But that's not what happened. They didn't get to Kirk. Kirk eviscerated him. Goff will do the same exact thing if you don't hit him. If you hit him, he'll fold. He if you will. don't, he'll throw for 450 yards on you. Yep. I, if, I hate to like boil it down to something that simple, but that's the reality. We know this about Jared. We've, I mean, the Niners have been playing him for years. That's who he is. He's not particularly physically tough. Nope. He'll fold. Adrian Atman says, if Debo's out, why not use McCaffrey as a wide back and Mitchell Mason at running back? McCaffrey's likely a better route runner, too. Man, that is an that's opinion. Like the 10th person who suggested this today. Kyle, a lot of people want you to do this. Maybe give it a shot. I mean, it makes sense. We got a few more minutes here. Let's go through some of these super chats. 69er says, Lenore will hit you in the mouth. Needs more cred. Thousand percent. Another one. Him and Greenlaw. Him and Greenlaw. It was funny is Lenore is by far the smallest dude on the team. And he knows it. (laughs) But it's like he really hits. It's great. He's he was fantastic. I love what he sent love flying into the sideline. Totally legal hit. It was not all mad about it. It was legal hit. And he like skipped away, like, yep, (laughs) just doing my job. Beats and meats. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl, there would be a golden statue outside of Levi's Stadium of Greenlaw making that tackle. No, there wouldn't. And that's what pisses me off. I, I'm such a Dre Greenlaw advocate. Like, no, there wouldn't. He gets no love. There'd be a freaking statue of Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Greenlaw is way more important. And one of the things that bothered me a little bit about the Niners after this win is on the record, even the other day, everyone's talking about like, yeah, you know, we were confident Dre will never make that mistake again. Excuse me? He yep. won the game for you. Yeah, he got a little excited afterward. Can you focus 99% of your commentary on the interception and not what he did afterward because he won the game for you? Stop talking about him like he's 17. I hadn't thought of that. You are right. Like he had two the two biggest defensive plays, three biggest, the two picks, and he stopped Jordan Love on the quarterback sneak. So, yeah, that's, that's a fair point by you. A little out of balance. Everyone's talking about, oh, my God, I was running around with the ball. It's like, yeah, man, he won the game. Just say thanks. Thank you, Dre. Love you. That is that is a fair point. Although I would Kyle maybe needs to like pound home some of that stuff. Remember against the Cowboys last year in the playoffs, they were trying to run out the clock. All they needed was a first down. And then Elijah Mitchell gets the first down but goes out of bounds. And that yeah. allowed the Cowboys. Yeah, to- I do remember that. And, and and to be fair, Dre does have moments where you're like, Dre. <laughs> Dre. What were you thinking? But at the same time, like, you know, that's Dre Greenlaw. He's in his later. I mean, he's been in the league a long time. You want him on your team and you live with it. Yeah. You he's have a great player. Yeah. Player. Matthew Sanders, yeah. other connoisseurs, Deshaun Goldson, Navarro Bowman, Garrison Hurst, all underappreciated players, I think. James JJ, if we lost that game due to Kyle being frantic and miscommunication, would he throw Brock under the Mooney? In a minute, in a, in, a, in a San Francisco minute, for sure. I've never seen Kyle not throw someone under the bus when he lost. What's he going to do? Say, hey, I want everyone to know. Blame me. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> nah. NG49, right tackle Colton McKivitz needs to get it together. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is the operative word. Get Wait. it together? He's doing the best he can, man. Give him a break. That's true. That You know what? <laughs> Give him a break. What do you want? It's not like he's a first-round pick making $18 million a year. Like, this is the Niners' choice. They wanted this. As frustrating as it is, you can't blame Colton McKivitz because this is the best he can do. <laughs> That's why, like, he, he, I, I give him, I try not to give him a hard time, and he's a little sensitive, and he comes up to me in the, in the locker room and tries to rip me a little bit. Like, I, and I felt like it was my duty to give McGlinchey a hard time, man. Sorry. First round pick, make a lot of money. You need to do better. But McKivitz, God, I'm leaving you alone. Good luck. I think it's fair to say that while he has been a, a source of frustration, He's also performed exactly the way we expected him to perform this year. That's why we were all paying $2 million for starting right tackle. You can't be mad when he loses to TJ Watt. Like what? what? He could be be starting at guard. He could be a backup for other contenders. Yeah, it's totally fair. I didn't think of it like that, but you're right. Uh, Last one here. Lazy boy sports gets the final call of the day. Detroit played bad bucks defense. They had not played a defense as good as ours. Not scared of Detroit. I'm scared of my coach. I will say that. You know, everyone talks about, oh, my God, the 49ers, they played so bad. They almost lost. 
The Lions were in a one-score game against the Buccaneers, a team that they're supposed to be way better than, too. Like, that, the Lions needed a late interception to seal that game also. So, I'm, you know, let's acknowledge that. I mean, I think, I don't, I, I doubt many people are going to actually pick the Lions to win this game. But just watching the Niners, you realize, like, man, without Cleveland Farrell, they have a tough time stopping runs to Chase Young's side. That's an issue. Ambry Thomas is an issue. Lions can really run the ball, and if the Niners don't have a pass rush, yikes, it's a game. So, really, they should win, but I do think this is going to be a game. Plenty more good stuff coming this week. Kyle Shanahan's going to talk today, tomorrow, get down there. Friday. It's They are absolutely going to be long. Kyle talks 90 minutes, so hopefully there's no accident on the freeway. I got to get down there. This is the time. This is it, man. This could be the last Wednesday press conference of the year. Don't even don't even speak that into existence. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and the Grant Cohn channel. I'll have JT O'Sullivan Friday with me. We'll break down Brock Purdy, what he's scared of, what he's not scared of. Very excited about that. So now is the perfect time to hit the like and subscribe button. If you click the bell, you'll know every time we go live. Grant, good luck getting to the facility. Hopefully when I talk to you next week, we're talking about a Super Bowl. <laughs>